Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nusalli wa nusallim ala rasulihi al-kareem. Amma ba'd. Inna alhamdulillah. Inna alhamdulillahi wa salatu wa salamu ala man la nabiyya ba'da. Qad qala tabaraka wa ta'ala fi kalamihi al-majid wal furqan al-hamid. Ba'da a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا وشفيعنا وحبيبنا وسندنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم من صلى علي صلاة واحدة صلى الله عليه بها عشرة وكما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العزيز الحكيم رب زدني علما رب شرح لي صدري ويسل لي أمري وحل العقدة من لسان يفقه قولي Last week we discussed the virtue of the 10th of Muharram the historical background in terms of its significance and how our messenger emphasized a particular worship on the 10th of Muharram in terms of fasting and the reward attached to it. And as I mentioned, the Prophet is commemorating this day and signifying its significance is solely based on the deliverance of Musa and his people from the clutches and grasp of Fir'aun. However, the 10th of Muharram is now very much synonymous with another incident that has taken place in our history. And this incident took place after the passing of our beloved Messenger Wasallam. And it involves a member or members of the household of Rasulullah sallallahu In particular, the beloved grandson in relation to whom Rasulullah sallallahu said that these Hassan and Hussein are my flowers. The Prophet ﷺ referred to them as Sayyida Shababi Ahlil Jannah. They will be the leaders of the youth in Jannah. Immense love that Rasulullah had and displayed towards his grandsons. And 
after the passing of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Imarat and the leadership of the Khulafa'ul Rashidun, the incident of Sayyiduna Hussein radiyallahu ta'ala an being martyred on the plain of Karbala is also a very dark blotch in our Islamic history. And there are many lessons to be learned from Sayyidina Hussein radiyallahu ta'ala who's martyrdom. And at the very forefront is the believer's quality of standing for the truth irrespective of the consequence. And this is a legacy that Sayyidina Hussein radiyallahu ta'ala anhu leaves behind. And the only reason why I'm mentioning this is I am repeating myself. Historically, the significance of Muharram is not attached to anything but the deliverance of Sayyidina Musa and Nabi Nawal But because it's become synonymous with the martyrdom of Hussein radiallahu ta'ala an, one mustn't fall into the other extreme that to distance themselves from the commemoration of the 10th of Muharram based on the martyrdom of Hussein radiallahu ta'ala an, that they fall afoul with their own relationship with the family of the Prophet sallallahu So what tends to happen is people want to distance themselves that the 10th of Muharram has nothing to do in terms of why it's celebrated with the martyrdom of Hussein radiallahu ta'ala But at the same time there then becomes almost in terms of an effect of that distancing a distancing from the family of the Prophet itself. And that is very detrimental to one's iman. In our five daily prayers, when we sit in the final tashahud, we read Durud Ibrahim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. And the very next sentence is Wa ala Ali Muhammad. That, O oh Allah, send blessings upon the family of Muhammad. Imam Shafi'i, Rahimahullah, his famous statement Law kana hubbu Ali Muhammadin rifdha fashadi thakalaini bi anni rafidhi. That the love of the family of the Prophet is our aqidah. It's necessary. And so that's why to avoid going on to the other extreme of not having any relationship with the family of the Prophet many khatibs on this day, they then discuss the illustrious character of Sayyidina Hussain 
the Sahaba Kiram they mention that he, Hussein resembled our beloved Messenger وسلم, tremendously in terms of his looks. But as I mentioned, from the martyrdom, the one thing that really stands out is Sabat al haqq to be steadfast on the truth, irrespective of the consequence. And the reality is that the nearer and the closer we come to the final day, be under no illusion. And this is not in in relation to the situation in the harata that the world is undergoing at the moment. This is not a comment based on that. But the reality is our meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this world coming to an end is very, very near. And I'm not saying this for my behalf. In one hadith, the Prophet said, Ana was That my time and the day of judgment, its proximity is like this. And he held up his blessed two fingers. So the muhaddithun, they say, either the distance, the gap that remains between the two fingers or from the... Small from the finger to the, the index finger to the middle finger to the top, and so this was mentioned how long ago? 1400 plus years ago by the Messenger that Qiyamat is near. So, 1400 years later, we're that much more closer to Qiyamah. And one of the statements in terms of acknowledging the nearness of the day of judgment the end of the world, is the Prophet ﷺ, he said, towards the end of time, there will be many, many things that are displayed and are shown that will signify the coming. Some of them are extremely major signs. The world will turn. There will be a completely new environment that we face and new challenges that we face the major signs of the Day of Judgment. Certain ones that are so undeniable that after they pass, Allah will not accept someone returning to Islam. And some of them are known as minor signs. Things that we will notice around us that will signify that the end is very near. And all of these have been mentioned by our Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And one of the signs that he mentions is towards the end of time, you will notice that haqq, the truth, will be what is right, people will consider that to be false. And what is false, what is batil, people will consider that to be haqq. And that's not 
individuals. It's not one person having going against the the sort of grain or going against the uh, in uh, the understanding of the rest of society that everybody considers haq to be haq and batil to be batil and you have the one two people who differ this will be the opposite those who consider haq to be haq and batil to be batil will be the odd few they will be the outcasts of society they will be the ones who the rest of society look at and think these people are weird. And daily, you come across incidents, news articles, headlines, that from the perspective of what is right and wrong, it makes you scratch your head. And you think to yourself, how? How has society accepted this to be haq when it's so clearly batil? One of the headlines of this week is there was an incident in a neighboring country where a family was sitting on a beach and a few individuals, a few women were also separately sitting on the beach and they had decided to bathe without any clothes on. And so the family objected. So there's children around. This is a family beach. And they approached the police. And the police came and spoke to the women. And said, look, it's unacceptable. You can't be in this type of, without any clothes on, when there are children and families around. It made, the news went and spread to the politicians. And this is what I mean, that, Batil is taken to be haq and haqt made to be batil. That the politician said that the police did wrong. The police were incorrect. To not wear clothes is a manifestation of one's freedom. And this is in the same country where if someone wears the niqab, they are charged. <laughs> so if you wear the niqab, you face a penalty in this very same country. But if you sit topless in a public forum where there are children around, then that is an expression of freedom. This is the manifestation of the Prophet's statement. Wallahi, I swear by Allah, you will not find a single statement uttered by the Messenger where he has foretold of something to come, except that it will come exactly as he mentioned, alayhi salatu wasalam. Sometimes the Sahaba Kiram, they said, Ya Rasulullah, will this happen? This, what you're talking about doesn't make sense, Ya Rasulullah. And the Prophet would say, yes. Allah has told me and He has shown me that this will take place and it will take place. Nisa'un kasiyatun ariyatun mumilatun ma'ilatun the Prophet ﷺ, again, foretelling of the t- coming of the end of time, he said, there will be women who will be clothed but naked. The Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, how is that possible? Clothed but not clothed? They are the opposites. But we live in a society where this is manifested every day. The manifestation itself isn't 
this, this is going to come. But what is the serious part in this? Where the society says, yes, what is per- obviously batil is now accepted to be haq, that the politicians and everybody backing that, what type of, why are the police getting involved? This is a sign of their expression of freedom. And so in this time, where batil is accepted to be haq and haq is accepted to be batil, the legacy of Hussein radiallahu ta'ala, this willingness to stand firm on haq, irrespective of the circumstance and the consequences that would come later, this has to be adopted by the believers. This is learning from the lesson of Hussein radiallahu ta'ala, that he is standing with women, his family, household in their tents, by himself, in the face of death, let go of haq and you get to live. He says, no. Haq is more important than what you are calling me towards. This is the legacy of Hussein radiallahu ta'ala. Even on the brink of death, haq, truth, has to be stood for. And we will find, as we draw nearer and nearer to the end of this world, and coming nearer to Qiyamah, that more glaringly obvious truths will be manifested as batil. And it's there that you as an individual have to take a stand and say, this is haq and this is batil. I cannot conflate the two. One of the concepts of Dajjal, the Antichrist, is his ability to manipulate truth into falsehood and falsehood into truth. And how the hordes of people behind him will accept that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect me, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect all of you, our families. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala get us, give us steadfastness, istiqama, and uh, a, res- a resolution and resolve to remain steadfast on what is the truth in these very turbulent times. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our iman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect the faith of our children and the generations to come. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow the haq to manifest as it should. Wa akhiru dawana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Subhanallahi wa bihamdihi. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Wa nashadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayhi. Jazakumullah